All This podcast is brought to you by All This International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Jesse Johnson. Jesse is the head of data science and data engineering at DuPont Therapeutics. Jesse, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So thank you for, for agreeing to come on. Jesse, let's start with yourself, please. Can you give us a bit of an overview of your journey in technology from where you got started, some of the roles you've held along the way, and, and what's led you to where you are today as the, the head of all things data at DuPont? Yeah, so I actually started my career as an academic mathematician. So I was doing research in an area called topology and then started getting interested in a sort of applied branch of that field called topological data analysis, which was taking these ideas from topology and geometry and trying to understand how they're related to data science and machine learning, which eventually got me more interested in kind of the more core fundamental data science and machine learning. And at some point I realized that to really understand what was going on and what the real problems were, you know, to be solved, uh, I'd be better off in industry. And so I joined Google and then um, from there slowly moved over through a number of companies more into life science and eventually into biotech drug development and biotech startups, which brought me to DuPont Therapeutics where I am today. Thank you for that, Jesse. And yeah, great to hear your path and how it's landed you at Two Point. So for anyone listening, not familiar with Two Point Therapeutics, tell us who you are as a business, who you are, what you do, what the mission of the organization is, and then we can jump into how data science and engineering plays a key part in helping you achieve your goals. Yeah, so DuPoint Therapeutics is a small drug development biotech startup. So our goal is to eventually have a number of drugs that we move through the clinical pipeline and get to the market. Um, we also have a number of pharma partners that we're working with uh, to do that as well. Uh, the main focus, the, the biological focus, is something called a biomolecular condensate. And so the, the idea there is that so we think of cells as being this kind of molecular soup where these molecules, proteins and bits of, bits of RNA and other molecules are floating around, bouncing into each other. And occasionally when they hit each other, they'll have some kind of reaction and the cell sort of moves on. And there are a few of these organelles that we know of inside of a cell, which where we have a membrane that kind of restricts some of the components of the cell into one particular location. But it turns out that it's actually even more organized than that. And so what a, a biomolecular condensate is, is it's something where because of because of phase separation, so you can actually get molecules that kind of clump together and form these little balls without having a membrane around them. So it, it, they're sometimes called membraneless organelles. That is, it's a way that cells can get the components that need to interact into the same place using this you know phase separation, which we think of as physics, but using that to help organize them at an even smaller level than you could get wrapping everything with membranes. So this is this is something that has sort of known been known to exist for a long time, but only relatively recently have we actually been able to study it well enough to use it as a mechanism to develop drugs. When you think of the, the mechanism for developing drugs, what would be the, the sort of big, hairy, audacious goal at two point? Yeah. What what would be the, the main objectives? Is there a particular area of, of therapeutics, whether it be oncology or, or neuro that that you guys are trying to impact and all going well, what would be a major achievement for DuPont? 
So there are four main areas that we're looking at. So that's cardiopulmonary, virology, oncology, and uh, neuro neurological neurodegenerative diseases. And so within each of those, the kind of big audacious goal is that, so within drug development in general right now, one of the um, kind of problems that people are running into is, so most drug development focuses on a single protein, what's called a target. And so the idea is that your cells use proteins as part of these pathways uh, where the proteins will upregulate or downregulate each other. And so you'll have this long string of pathways that are all kind of affecting each other's levels eventually leading to some protein which actually does does some work, some important work. And what can happen is if any place in that chain uh, gets broken or is over overexpressed or underexpressed, it can cause disease. And that's the cause of many different diseases. And so the typical approach to drug development is you find a place along that path where by usually knocking out one of these proteins, but sometimes making it more effective or making it work more, you can affect the balance of everything else downstream of that until you have the impact that you want on the protein that's actually doing the work. So that's an oversimplification, but that's the rough idea. And so what you have to do is you have to find one of these targets, one of these proteins in, in this chain that you can that you can somehow impact with a drug. And the this kind of classical way of using what's called a small molecule. So you basically find a small organic compound that can more or less wedge itself into that protein somewhere and disable it by getting wedged in there. If you can if you can do that to, to the right protein in one of these pathways that is causing a disease, you can often treat it. And this is the way that, at least up until relatively recently, most drugs worked. So nowadays, one of the problems that has, drug development has run into is that we've used up all the known targets, and it's really hard to find other proteins where you can just knock out that one protein and suddenly cure something. And so there are proteins that are known that if we knock them out, we can it will likely have an impact on a disease that we care about, but their, their structure is such a way that it's hard to wedge a small molecule in there. And then there's lots of other proteins that we just don't know the pathways well enough. And so this approach of going after a single protein has been has become harder and harder to do. And so this is why a lot of companies are getting into other what are called modalities. So things like mRNA, what Moderna does, where instead of trying to instead of giving someone a small molecule, you actually produce RNA that that does something. Um, and there, there's all of these other modalities that companies are looking at. But it, it's still the fact that you know, small molecules are the easiest and the cheapest way to develop drugs. And all of these other more complicated modalities are really expensive. And this is where you get into some recent therapeutics that have been, you know, cost a million dollars for treatment, which, which, I mean, they work, they're really good, except that convincing the insurance company to pay for that is hard. So the question is, are there ways that we can go back to finding small molecules? So that's a kind of long-winded explanation of getting to where DuPont um, comes in, where the idea is that if you have a condensate that is involved in regulating one of those one of those pathways you don't have to go for a single protein what you could potentially do is do something that changes the condensate and then uh, so either fixes something that's wrong with it so that is one of the reactions in this pathway maybe it's doing something inside the condensate and and the condensate is broken in a way where that necessary step is no longer working so if you can fix the condensate you can repair that pathway or maybe something bad is happening inside a condensate and if you can you know make a change so that it's no longer happening you can repair the pathway in a way that you couldn't or that we currently don't know how to by attacking a single protein target so the idea is that this the idea the the sort of dream is that this will give us a way to address all sorts of diseases that have we have been, failed to address via the kind of classical target uh, protein target approach. Thank you for that, Jesse. Obviously, with that overview, the point is very much focused on therapeutics, drug discovery, focusing on gene therapy. But your background is not 
in the the sciences side it's more on the tech side and you now find yourself as the the vp of data science and data engineering talk to us about where data science comes into play data science and data engineering and how your expertise on the technology side mix with your now in-depth knowledge of life sciences uh comes together so dewpoint started off very much as a, a kind of classical bio biology focused biotech company as opposed to some of a lot of the biotech companies that we see today where they come in with a machine learning idea and they start from there this dewpoint very much started from the biology side it was founded in i believe in 2018 and was for the first couple of years was very much wet lab doing fairly classical research, modern techniques, but not as much on the data science ML side. And then around, so a couple of years ago, the, the company started getting interested, more interested in finding ways to leverage data science and machine learning. And the, the kind of the place that, the obvious place to start is if you get back to this question that I touched on earlier of, of why haven't, why does no one know what a biomolecular condensate is given how fundamental they seem to be in the way cells operate? And, and the reason is that they were known to exist actually for around 150 years, but up until uh, about a decade ago, we didn't have we didn't have good enough microscopes to actually see them, and we didn't have the techniques to see what was happening inside of the cells. Uh, so nowadays, what we can do is we can actually put these immunofluorescent markers on the proteins, and and then when you look at them in a high enough resolution microscope, digital microscope, in the images you can see them forming these clumps, which are the condensates. So you can see instead of them being a smooth cloud of fluorescence, you actually see these little dots and so that the the technology didn't exist to do that up until about a decade ago it was four years ago now that the first idea of oh we can use this to develop drugs turned into we became the the impetus for creating dewpoint and so then they spent a couple of years using you know fairly conventional techniques for doing that image analysis and then a couple of years ago realized that they could actually start using more more complex techniques a lot of you know neural networks which have, have proved to be very powerful in image analysis so the question was how do we bring in those sorts of techniques in order to study continue studying these condensates extending the way that, that we were studying them before so that's kind of the main main approach there is using more advanced imaging techniques to be able to analyze these microscopic images of condensates You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. Jesse, can you give us some insight into the current data team that, that you oversee? What it's like day to day? What are the backgrounds of some of the some of the people who you've brought in? And, and just what's the overall environment to be part of the, the data science or data engineering team? Yeah. And so right now, the team consists of 11 people uh, with a mix of backgrounds from. So we, we have four or five people with a lot of deep learning, machine learning experience and so neural networks, uh, both the broad range from more of the modeling side to the kind of ML ops, ML engineering side. We also have a number of data scientists who are more focused on kind of conventional image analysis techniques. So these are um, techniques involving segmenting images to define features. And so doing more, basically doing that analysis without going too much into the deep learning. They also tend to have more of a focus uh, or more of a background in biology, even if they're not biologists by training, they've at least worked a lot with biologists. They act more as like that glue role, connecting up the biology to the data. And then we have one bioinformatician, you know, who's um, focused more on RNA sequencing and mass spec data. We'll probably be expanding that out as well. The focus is 
is is mostly on, on imaging right now, though we'll probably be expanding that in the future. So staying on the topic of expanding out in the future, can you give us some insight into what the, the planned growth is for DuPont, in particular your data team? Where do you see it going from where it is now to, to one or two years down the line? And what opportunities are there going to be for people to come in and, and join? Yeah, it's a great question and one one that we're definitely, I, I don't have a solid answer to today. That's an ongoing discussion, but certainly as the company grows, <clears throat> like any biotech drug development company, there's a lot of things will shift more towards translational medicine, which is where you're um, figuring out how you get a turn a molecule into something, something that can be put into a human. And then of course, preclinical, where you start setting up the clinical trial and then and then clinical. There's also a lot of med chem, medicinal chemistry and, and computational chemistry where you, you can use the, both deep learning techniques and other kind of computationally heavy techniques to, to, to design molecules essentially, or at least to, to make predictions about molecules before before they actually go into a cell. We have a we're actually building out a separate comp chem team in in Frankfurt in Germany, which is under chemistry, but will also have chemistry capabilities on the data science team as well. Uh, I, I actually I should mention the DuPont has has an office in Boston and an office in Dresden. The Dresden office was the original one, but we also have people scattered about the world in other places. A lot of remote folks, uh, especially on the digital side. Final question for me then, Jesse, given your background where you started purely mathematical and technology and you're now working in such cutting edge life sciences tech, how did you go about making that transition and what advice could you offer to others who are maybe not starting in the life sciences field per se, but have an interest in this type of work and how can they make that transition as you've done? I think one of the biggest things um, for me that I've learned often the hard way is that the technology is really interesting. The technology is really important, but the hard part of doing data science in a biotech setting is really the kind of the people creating, getting teams that, that can interact with each other. Because maybe not surprisingly, biologists and chemists tend to think very differently from uh, folks co from coming from the computer science and data side, the data scientists and ML folks and software engineers. and and it, it seems like the, I guess what I've noticed is that there's often issues with communication and coordination because of these differences. Basically, people bring in different mental models based on the backgrounds that they had before they joined. And so since I've sort of moved through a number of different mental models from, you know, mathematics to software engineering to data science and then into biotech, that, that's something that I've, that, that's something that, that I've realized is very important. And, and so I've moved more and more of my job towards away from building the right technology, the right software, and more towards getting, getting people to talk to each other in a way that's constructive and allows them to coordinate and communicate better. And I've actually, in order to help me collect my thoughts and try to find other people who are interested in this way of thinking, I've started writing a blog and, and a newsletter, both called Scaling Biotech, that where, where I explore different aspects of this and really try to, to answer the question, how do you effectively get a data team to work effectively inside a biotech organization, which ultimately I think is a much harder problem than any kind of software or, or single analysis that, that you could do. Finding the right problems to solve and finding solutions that actually work and that, that both the data science people will be happy with and that the biologists will actually use. And so if you if you um, go to scalingbiotech.com, you can, all one word, you can, you can see, uh, see my writing on, on this and that'll also link you to the newsletter. 
Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think that sounds like a great resource for people who are interested in, in getting into the industry. Jesse, thanks so much for coming on today and talking to us. Really appreciate uh, the insight that you've shared about Two Point. It was great to learn about your own uh, switch and, you know, learn about how others can do the same. We wish you, the team and everyone at Two Point the best of luck in the years ahead. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldis Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.